This is the Rock and Hard Place Podcast. I sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. You don't know the power of the dark side. Let's not stand on ceremony here. That's right. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Cooner. I am a DJ with Broken FM. You can check us out online at broken.fm. It is it is it is Saturday, but it's also July 4th. Woohoo! Here in the US. So, uh lots of booms and bangs going to be happening tonight at uh, our whoop, local whoop. fairgrounds. America. Yeah, exactly. That other voice you heard, well, that's Paul Gibson. My good buddy, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing much. Just like two weeks or so and counting before I am no longer an Oregonian. So, I mean, it's just crazy pandemonium around here. Of course, you know, the new baby and everything makes things uh, doubly interesting. But uh, the wife flies out a week from yesterday, which will be like the 10th. And then I'm going to be here for like a week by myself, finishing up packing and getting the truck ready to roll out and getting rid of the car and a TV and some couches and stuff like that. So, yay. Good deal. That sounds fantastic. Uh, yeah. We have a ton of news mm-hmm. to go over, so uh, we are going to dive in and get started with all kinds of craziness. Uh, new stuff, we've got a uh, new feature on the new Manifest album is re- uh, called Reborn. The album is called Reborn. I'll get back in the swing of things. You just got to give me time, but uh, I'll get back in the swing of things. And yes, Paul, there is a massive delay for you, just so you know. Uh, Sean Locke, who met Manifest <laughs> years ago on tour through their mutual friend DJ Maj, is yeah, I kind of noticed that. Yeah, uh, the extra cool news about this song collaboration is the song is the same song Tadashi is rhyming on. So uh, all three of them are rocking on one song. So you got Manifest and Sean Locke, as well as Tadashi, all together. It's uh, it's going to be very, very cool. Uh, can't wait to hear what that sounds like. Manifest uh, Reborn. This is supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken, this is supposed to be the more hip-hop styled album and not quite so rock fashioned, if I uh, if I remember correctly. Hey, eh, Polly. Yes, you would be absolutely correct. All hip-hop, supposedly even not a hint of rock. It's just supposed to be going back to kind of his days of old when he was first getting started, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, and he also said that his next rock album will be all rock, which I don't know exactly how I feel about that part. I kind of hope he has still a little bit of that rhythmic vocal style with it, but I don't know. It could still be cool, so we'll see how it all comes out in the wash. Yeah, exactly. It's just a matter of kind of the wait and see attitude to see what exactly is going to be going on and uh, what's what all is happening. But uh, it's exciting to see that we've got some new music coming up. Uh, new music from the, uh, I guess you call them hardcore metal band, Zayo. Uh, they have a, uh, a new song streaming on Decibel and digital downloads will be available on July 10th. Brand new track titled Xenophobe. It's now streaming over at Decibel Magazine. Pre-orders went live for the new two-song 7-inch, but they already sold out. Uh, You can get both new songs on Zayo's Bandcamp page uh, when they officially release on July 10th. Is that something, you know, that excites you at all, Paul? Do Do you care about new Zayo music? 
I do to a point. I, I don't know. Their last couple of records were a little bit of a departure from what of their style that I really initially liked. Mm-hmm. Um, they changed it up just a little bit, and it wasn't bad. It just didn't grab me as much. Um, I know that they are just kind of they were kind of one of the the initial metalcore bands to really get some steam and I think do it well back gotcha. when they first got started. Um, I, I love the fact that I, I saw them on their farewell tour over uh, a decade and a half ago, which kind of <laughs> cracks me up a little bit. But yeah, so I mean, their their last record, I think, came out like 2004. So this is almost like a, like a get back together. Let's actually do some music kind of a record. So yeah. um, that's pretty cool. Good deal. Awesome. Well, now we've got some new uh, info for Five Iron Frenzy fans. Apparently they have... Uh, announced a special up-close-and-personal show at the Chain Reaction venue down in Anaheim, California, on on July 23rd. So if you're lucky, you could see them three days in a row with the other two sold-out shows taking place at the Observatory July's 24th and 25th. Tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. And uh, Mike Herrera and friends are going to be joining them as well. And, of course, we... uh, we have a poster to show those of you that happen to be in the live stream. So we'll pop that up right now. Uh, very cool looking. And, of course, Five Iron and MXPX have been doing quite a bit of stuff together lately. Uh, quite a few shows. And it's been neat to see them, uh, you know, doing their thing uh, kind of back together again. They, you know, were hugely popular at around the same times as well. So what do you think, yeah, Paul? I'm excited about that. I think that's fun. Of course... What a lot of people may or may not know is that, of course, I mean, at least Mike from MXPX doesn't really consider himself of the faith anymore. But it's I like the fact that even though that that's supposedly true and and I'm pretty sure he's pretty open about that. It's not like it's a big secret or anything. But um, even with that, it's kind of nice that he's still, you know, continuing on with the band. It does. They the band hasn't drastically changed directions to the best of my knowledge. I don't think they've put out anything that's been like offensive or anything since he's made that change. I think there would be some Christians who would raise some eyebrows at like some stuff that said maybe like on his podcast or something like that. But as far as the music, it's kind of stayed kind of the same. So I think that it's kind of cool. He's been able to let that continue. And of course, um, Tom and, and uh, Yuri who are kind of the other two thirds of the band kind of come in and out a little bit here and there. I think they usually only play when it's like a really big deal. Otherwise it tends to be kind of some fill in members, but right. So kind of cool though. I, the, I enjoy that. But they call them like the touring all stars or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So yeah, when I saw them at Joshua Fest a couple of years ago, it was, it was the three originals and that was very nice to be able to, uh, to see all three. It was the first time I'd ever seen MXPX uh, live and right. so it was it was neat to have <laughs> all of them together for my experience at that particular moment. That was uh, I was very grateful that that happened. For sure. So, uh, Audio Adrenaline celebrates a milestone with a grand old Opry debut uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Grammy Award winning Fair Trade Services recording artist Audio Adrenaline marked another career milestone this week with their debut of on the iconic American institution, the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, the band performed acoustic renditions of selections from their number one selling latest recording, Sound of the Saints, along with their signature classics, Ocean, one of their signature classics, Ocean Floor. Audio Adrenaline shared the historic Opry stage with four-time CMA vocal group of the year, Diamond Rio, platinum-selling country neo-traditionalist Aaron Tippin, 
Grand Old Opry member Lori Morgan, Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter Will Hogue, and Kelsey Ballerini, who recently chart, whose recent chart topper, Love Me Like You Mean It, made her the 11th female artist in country music in country music history to achieve number one status with her debut country <laughs> single. Now, kind of a little bit of controversy surrounding Audio Adrenaline as well. Uh, the band decided to re-release uh kings and queens um except it's not with kevin max on the vocal paul why don't you uh why don't you kind of fill the folks in on on what happened <laughs> well of course adam ag um who used to be the lead singer of stellar cart but put that project on hold to to take over vocal duties for audio adrenaline uh, is now part of Audio Adrenaline 3.0, which, of course, has no original members, no members who have crossed over from the Kevin Max version at all either. Um, I do not know why they chose to do this. I, on one hand, I kind of get it. I mean, I think everyone's a little bit curious whenever a new lead singer takes over to be like, oh, I wonder what that song would sound like with this lead singer. But with with it already being kind of contentious about the fact that there's nobody even from the last record on this album and it's a completely, totally new band and there's really no link to the past except for the fact that, you know, past band members kind of have some say in where the band goes even though they're not in the band mm -hmm. anymore. Right. It, it's a little weird and maybe kind of, I don't know, I'm going to say it from my perspective, it's kind of a stupid thing to do. <laughs> I'm just like, why would you do that? Well, <laughs> like, people you know, are I, already annoyed with you. Why would you do that? <laughs> I can understand doing, you know, I mean, he's got to learn the songs to perform the shows and, and that kind of stuff. I get, you know, I get some of that, but I I don't understand re-releasing it unless there's a problem with the original. Um, and there right. was no problem with the original. I felt like Kevin yeah. killed it. When you listen to Adam sing, he does not have a bad voice at all. I enjoy no. listening to Stellar Cart, uh, and and I think that as a, a songwriter, I feel like Adam does a wonderful job crafting a lot of lyrics. And you know, I even told him when we interviewed him one time that uh, I really appreciated his boldness in his lyrics with songs like "We Shine" and "Me and Jesus" and and those kinds of things. I mean, he he does a good job of crafting fun songs, but he also has that serious side that still, you know, has the infectious music that goes along with it. But, you know, he really the, the lyrics are very clear about where he stands as far as his faith and everything is concerned. Right. So to, to have him go through and just kind of re-record something that I don't know, in my opinion, didn't need re-recording. But there's a different there's a different sound to Adam's voice. There's a different feeling when Adam sings it. But I don't know that it's a better sound and it's a better feeling i still right. think i prefer the way kevin did it right right and and kirk is pointing out in the chat room he says it's like they wanted to erase kevin max which i'm sorry with well, his audio a was better <laughs> yes yes i agree i agree a thousand percent that's so great but anyway, i've got a clip of it so yes. let's hear and see we'll let listeners of the podcast decide what they think and for what it's worth at least as of now this has only been released via their vivo slash youtube account so it's not like it's for sale anywhere yet um so they just kind of did it at, and I, I almost wonder if this is a testing ground for something more but we'll get to that so here's here's their version the new version of kings and queens 3.0 here we go and every child has a dream to be
along with it. It sounds fine. But at the same time, it, I agree with Kirk. It's like, are you guys trying to just, you know, erase the fact that Kevin Max was ever a part of it? Is this the whole, like, we've moved on. Not only are, have we moved on, we have so moved on that we're not even acknowledging the fact that this other album was really there. Ed, just ignore that album. Ignore the man behind the curtain. Well, yeah. and that's, okay, so and that's 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 kind of my thing. Had they released, had, had it been this version that released originally, nobody would have a problem with it. Because it sounds no. fine. There's nothing wrong right. with the song. But the fact that they have done this, I don't know. The whole Audio Adrenaline 3.0 thing is just kind of up in the air for me. I just, I don't, I don't get it. It's a new band. Why does it still have to be called Audio A? I don't know. It's so annoying. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Newsboys, they got told they should change their name. It was only one guy that changed. That was the lead singer. Right. You know, Peter right. Furler is not the newsboys he was a big part of it but peter right. furler was not the newsboys there were lots of other guys in that band had all of them swapped then fine change the name or if the lead singer stays and the rest of the band swaps that happens all the time you can still right. keep the name but when it's like the original band there is no original members performing on in this band at all and you're still keeping the audio adrenaline name there's something there that just says to me that's kind of weird. Right. Yeah. And I'm with you. I don't, I don't, I don't get the whole thing either. I mean, it, it, and it's one of those things where part of me is like, well, they're just trying to keep the hands and feet project thing together. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you could have done that under a different name, but it also feels slightly like a money grab. And maybe it was a money grab for the hands and feet project, which is slightly better, but still weird. Yes. I agree. I, I agree. And what I was alluding to before we played the clip was, now, I'm wondering if this is kind of a sounding board for what would happen if we went back and we re-recorded like I like did like a greatest hits, but with Adam. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because they've already there's been postings. I don't think they posted it, but I think there's been other people and fans who have like posted like here's here's Adam with audio a 3.0 doing big house. Right. You know, here's him doing ocean floor. Here's him doing, I, I, you know, I get down, you know. There are a, a huge list of great songs that don't get me wrong deserve to still get played. I mean, they're, they're not out of, uh, to me, they're not an embarrassment. You know, that that's, that's, that's where a lot of it comes in for me. It's like old Christian rock doesn't have to be embarrassing. If it was good, it was good. It, you know, it, it just is. Right. And I think that a lot of their stuff just is, but at the same time, I don't know that that really demands like a sort of like, like, well, here's us now giving you our version of everything that was ever good before. <laughs> no, I, um, if they want to do a, uh, if they want to do a greatest hits album like that with Adam singing, then just record a live show. There you go. Put it Sounds out. Sounds good to me. Then, then they don't have to waste all the time and energy uh in going into the studio and doing it like i said he's got to learn all the songs to be able to perform them live on stage which is gonna be weird for a lot of people it's like right what will on bass i mean if i could have my choice i would want mark being able to come back and sing right you know i mean if if i could have it my way but I, it just i don't know this is all so weird just so weird let's yes. talk about pillar Okay, let's talk about Pillar. Yes, let's talk about Pillar. Rock band Pillar will be releasing their new album, One Love Revolution, coming out on August 18th. What? 
<laughs> it so sounds like a band like from like it so sounds like an album title from like the 60s or something i don't I was, know every time i and read I, that i think of super chick one love revolution oh. i could totally see that being like a super chick album right and so. i love the album cover too i i I at the last minute I forgot I didn't have the picture of that to throw up on the on the web stream and everything, but uh it looks like a cosmic fist bump is what the the, <laughs> the cover looks like. I don't know. It's it's kinda funny. Oh man. I, I love it, but it makes me laugh a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh according to the news article, the specific date is interesting because it'll be a Tuesday. Wait, what? Tuesday? <laughs> I thought we released music on Fridays now. So that's what it says. The worldwide worldwide release date is changing from changing to Friday starting in July, which I think it is uh, this next Friday is when the uh, the first new uh, Friday releases begin. Um, And uh, let me see. They said you can check out previous posts to hear the leaked song track listing and album artwork uh, is also posted so uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I know there's a lot of people that have been waiting a long time for this uh, Pillar album. Yeah. And uh, they are very excited about it. Are you one of those that's waiting for this album, Paul? Is this something that that you're looking forward to or are you apprehensive about? Um, I'm not sure how to answer that question, honestly. Um. I like Pillar, but I've never loved Pillar. Um, you know, I only saw them live once, and that was after Fireproof. And I don't know. I mean, to me, I think to a certain degree, I think their genuineness of their faith and their heart got them further than I think their talent did. Okay. Um, I, I'd never have thought that their songwriting was great. Mm-hmm. I think they've had some... I think they're one of those bands that, for me was never really great at writing a chorus like fireproof. Sure. It's a great pump up song, but I don't think it has a whole lot to do with the chorus. Okay. Um, you know, I, I get the point of it and I think that that's great, but I've never been like a, you know, just all, all in pillar fan. And I think that towards the end of thing, I think at the very beginning and towards the end, it was not my favorite time. It was really their stuff like in the middle of mm. uh, ironically enough, the stuff that I think most of their fans don't like very much. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about me. But, you know, there's that. And then the song that they released as part of a compilation, I did not get at all what Rob Beckley was trying to do vocally. Okay. Um, it was it was like he was trying to get like ultra hardcore with it. And it really didn't work at all for me. I was I was listening to it going, wow, he's trying to just scream through the whole thing. And I, in theory, I like that. Right. In uh, <laughs> in actuality, it didn't work out so well for me. So I don't know. I'm very curious. I'm very, very curious. And plus, this isn't their first one they've ever released independently, which also makes you wonder a little because some bands, when left to their own devices, are really good. Other bands stink. Right. <laughs> so totally. I don't know where they're going to fall on that. So I'm curious, and that's about where I sit right now. Gotcha. Good deal. Well, it's, you know, I have not been a huge Pillar fan. I've enjoyed some of their work. Um, but, you know, I can't say that I've just been like waiting and waiting and waiting for this album to drop. Uh, So it'll definitely be interesting for me to kind of hear it, see, you know, how much of the old is still there, how much of the new is uh, is back or is is in it. What's their sound overall? Um, You know, are they are they going for the classic pillar sound or are they trying to do something new? Who knows? Maybe they're going pop or CCM. 
uh, anything's possible nowadays. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. and there's just no way of knowing. I think that they said that this is going to be one of their heavier records, which is great. But, you know, once again, it's like, who knows? I do know that he's not going to go to rhythmic vocals, at least if, if he uh, is sticking to what he said in the last time I talked to him, which was he said something to the effect of, yeah, I was terrible at it. That was really something we were trying to do. Leave that uh, to John to, Foreman. To, yeah, to be to be, uh, you know, trendy, but but rhythmic vocals, not so much at all. So, yeah, yeah not, not going to happen. Just leave that to John Foreman. He does rhythmic vocals just fine. John Foreman does selling the news. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's been a while since yeah, I've heard that. I was going to say, my goodness, dude, what's wrong with you? Uh, let's see. Classic crime and a band in Kansas are going to tour up the middle, which sounds painful. Uh, bad Christian bands, the classic crime and a band in Kansas are scheduled to tour together throughout the middle of the United States. Oh, that's what they mean. <laughs> they uh, they will not be abandoning Kansas. <laughs> This time around, (laughs) this will be the first time that a band in Kansas plays a song from their recent record, Alligator, with an electric full band. Tickets are now available. So if you live anywhere throughout the middle of the United States, be sure to take a look and see when they are coming for you. Uh, Should be should be very interesting and uh since we're talking about the classic crime and abandoned kansas i think now's a good time to take a break and play the review from jay which yeah. uh is actually about this abandoned kansas album so here you go now here's something we hope you'll really like and a hard place new music abandoned kansas alligator When it comes to sleeper hits, I may have just found one that was more like a coma hit. Abandoned Candace was a group I never gave much thought, and I was kind of skeptical initially. Then I read up on their latest release, Alligator, that released earlier this year, and I kind of have to say, I'm in love. Alligator is 10 tracks of pain, remorse, regret, and anguish, and it's well served up here on this LP. Alligator isn't void of God necessarily, but what lead singer Jeremy Spring offers up here lyrically is an ambitious and heartfelt display of emotions. While hope feels far away, Alligator never feels like it's being melodramatic. This is the most honest album I've heard all year. Alligator opens with the wrenching Mirror. Mirror really spoke to me at one point as spring croons, then it occurred to me, I'm as young as I'll ever be. There's such an introspective struggle, dealing with how his life has gone by and what he's really accomplished aside from chasing some American dream. The whole bit about I'm as young as I'll ever be is something I often think about. I'm not old by any means, but when you look at the big picture in life, you realize your time on this earth is pretty short. The song is mostly an airy, atmospheric song that eventually leads to some screamed lyrics without the song actually getting heavy. It surprised me that the song went this route, as the screaming would have a lot of times felt really out of place. Here, though, it just works. I really enjoyed this opening track. The title track, Alligator, is a melodic alternative rock song with a soft, stompy drum beat before some keys kick in with some soft, distorted guitar. The song just has a feel-good vibe musically that speeds up and slows down. 
I love the little bongo drum sound during the course. It's little things like that that really give this song extra kick, and it's great attention to detail and song structures in my opinion. I love the keys that carry the verse and chorus as well. It's just a simple jingle, but there's so much I just love about it. I Hope God Doesn't Mind If We Talk A Wiles is a song about abuse within the church, while Baby Please talks about heartbreak. It's the most fun you'll ever have dealing with a broken relationship. It has a feel-good, upbeat vibe, while the lyrics say completely otherwise. I love the quirky sci-fi intro. It's different. The song with its off-time drum pattern is a gem on Alligator. There is some very mild language on the song, just so you are aware. Anniversary is another breakup track. It sort of works in the form of a letter, where he is more or less dictating the song. There are female vocals to make the song feel the letter is being reciprocated. A bit sappy, but not overbearing. It's heartfelt, and the female vocals actually make it better. It feels like an 80s power ballad, without all the gloss. There's a bit of cheesy dialogue at the end of the song, but that's very minor. I hate added dialogue parts. What You Meant is a sad, sad song. It's about the loss of a father or his father, and the singer actually breaks down near the end of the song with a deserved explicitive to finish off the song. It's tough, and you can really feel the emotion in this song. I can tell this song meant something for him to write, because otherwise, the extra bit of emotion would have just been over the top. Abandoned Candace offers an eclectic range of songs and emotions. Everything from airy, sweepy ballads to more killers-esque gems like One Foot in the Grave. When there is so much emotion on a record, it can feel overblown like a sappy 80s power ballad, but Abandoned Kansas find the right medium to deliver these emotions without being a total train wreck. There's lots of ear candy sprinkled throughout the album like a 1960s sci-fi intro to I Hope God Doesn't Mind If We Talk A Whiles, and a cool sample loop playing on Baby Please that adds a nice touch to make the song sound full and just straight up enjoyable. I like the genre-defying approach Abandoned Kansas have here on Alligator. Even among its dynamic range, its diversity, and audible treats, the whole album feels like it belongs together. This album may not be for everyone with its more dark, painful, and somewhat cynical approach. It also crosses that bridge of experimental, yet poppy and accessible. It's unfortunate to think that this album will probably fly under the radar in terms of sales and charts. I really hope not. Personally, I think this album needs to break out to both mainstream and Christian platforms. This album most definitely deserves to be heard by fans of alternative and indie rock music. I feel like Abandoned Candace deserves a monumental four and three quarter rocks out of five, going down as one of my favorite records of the year so far. Wow, four and three quarters out of five. That uh, <laughs> that's impressive. My goodness, Jay yeah, must have really liked that album. Yeah, I listen. I to like it. Do it's you good. see? I I listened, and I am. I don't know. I love Abandoned Kansas. I do, but for some reason, this album just did not do much for me. And and I don't know if it's just that I didn't get it. Maybe the way that it was supposed to be received, but it just, mm. I, I need to sit down and listen to it again uh, and, you know, just kind of go all the way through it. But I don't know. It just, um, it just didn't hit me where I wanted to be. Well, that's fair enough. I'll take that. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no problem. Uh, Norma Jean, Norma Jean, OGTA anniversary tour. According to their Facebook page, it looks like Norma Jean may be embarking on a 10th year anniversary tour for Oh God, the Aftermath. The band is currently in the studio recording their next album. Uh, no word yet as to whether or not it will show people vomiting milk at a swimming party. Um, so we'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Paul, what the heck is this article doing in here? Justin well, Bieber. We're going to talk about Justin Bieber. What? Well, it's more about whether how much we should care about this, I think, should be the big thing um, is more of my point, because I, I it, it's amazing to me how much press this has gotten. Um, and mind you, I may be just piling on to that by adding our talking about it. Okay. But, uh, you know, new release today and a couple of other websites have, have put out this thing talking about Justin Bieber attending a Hillsong conference. And not only that, he paid his own attendance. He wasn't like anyone's guest or anything. Like he just wanted to go. And I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel horrible by saying I really don't care. Um, (laughs) you know, and it's not because I dislike Justin Bieber. I think some of his music is actually decent. And I know that there will be people who hate me forever by saying that. Right. So, um, I don't know. I don't mind his music. I I don't find him as a person very, uh, likable, but as far as his music goes, eh, it's, it's what it is. It's very overly produced pop music and you know, it's kind of engineered to be catchy. I mean, I, I, am I wrong? I mean, (laughs) it's kind of what it is. But it's funny that they chose this picture, which uh, is is kind of up on our stream right now, because I'm pretty sure that's not what he looks like anymore. Like that looks like to me like a picture of him from like two years ago. I'm yeah. not quite sure why they're making that the picture for this. Um, and uh, of course, that also kind of throws into the idea that that other people point out they're like he's been going for a while. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I I hope that I hope that he does find God. Uh, if he hasn't already, I hope he starts putting that as, uh, you know, an, an influence into his life and his music. But few things get me more irritated than all the comments underneath the article are like, imagine what he could do for the kingdom of God. Right. If he started <laughs> singing about Jesus, I'm like, right. Yes. And you would be the first person who would not believe it if he did. And yeah. so would everybody else. And people, it's not that, that he's such a great talent that, you know, it's not that he's such a great talent that that it, if it could be turned to God, then all of a sudden, like all of the screaming teenage girls would all of a sudden have Bibles in their hands whenever they go to his shows. That's not the way it works. Right. So many huge stars have come to found to, to find God. And as soon as that happens, people don't care or mm-hmm. they don't believe it or they don't want to believe it. Or well, I mean, if they do believe the... it. It's not for them. And that's, you know, whatever. I mean, that's OK. But I just I really can't the whole idea of like oh like well what if he became a christian it's like he could he could start uh ministering to other pop stars it's like people like pod and switchfoot have been doing that for a long time right. and that's a good thing but i w- i'm much more proud of the people who have been doing it without having to be huge kind of come down off that stardom a little bit get saved and then try to you know i don't know if he's trying to i don't know if he's trying to spin it at all i mean he may not want any publicity about it at all and he's getting it i don't know and i don't really care but I don't know. I just find it a little irritating when we put so much invested in one person in that yeah. way. So yeah. that's that's my rant. No, I, I hear you loud and clear. I mean, you look at guys like uh, Brian Head Welch and how was he received by the church? How is he still received by the church as a whole? You know, um, right. you think about his going back to corn and how many people said, oh, this is going to be the end. This is he's going to be walking away from God when he goes back to corn. He's going to get back into the old habits and start doing drugs again and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, holy crap, people. Seriously? I, right. I mean, the guy hasn't even played one, you know, <laughs> he had played like one show with them at the time. And everybody said, oh, right. it's all downhill. The groupies are probably lining up backstage for him right now. <laughs> I, 
I mean, come on. What is up with that? Seriously. Right. Yeah. Uh, give the guy a chance to fall before you uh, before you start riding the uh, the doom train. I mean, my right. goodness. Absolutely insane. Now, a long time ago, when he first was becoming popular, yeah. there were rumors going around that he came from a Christian family. That, like, his parents might have been believers or something along those lines. Um, Whether true or not, I have no idea. So it's very possible that it's a matter of him possibly coming back to a faith he once held. Right. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, the the doors are open to to see what happens. Uh, It'll be interesting to see kind of where things go from here. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. Not a big fan personally of his stuff, you know. but I'm certainly not going to uh, look down on him because he decided to attend a, a Hillsong concert or conference. No, no. And a lot of people do. And I think that that's one thing that that's kind of funny and, and maybe a little bit overlooked in the article is like a lot of people who most people do not consider Christians, but do consider to be high profile people, whether actors or musicians or whatever, do at least from time to time a Tend the really big Hillsong Church in in New York. I mean, it's it's kind of one of the few places where Christianity is really considered hip for outsiders, right? Um, you know, and I and I know that those kinds of things do exist in 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 you know big ways for people who are already within the church. But for outsiders, I I get the distinct impression that Hillsong is kind of one of those places where people can feel like they can go and not be judged and not be mobbed either. You know, it's kind of a combination of everyone's just there to have a very hip indie rock, you know, worship time with God. And they don't care if you come in a suit or you come wearing your skater shorts and torn t-shirt, you know, they just yeah. want you there exactly. and they don't make a big deal out of it, which is great. And I'm all for that, but I would you hope know, it, every it's... church would be that way though. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way that it should be. Right. Anyone should be able yeah. to walk in off the street, no matter who they are and be able to just come in and sit down and enjoy the, the worship service. Absolutely. So anyway, and I know that Ja Rule apparently has become a member of that church and has kind of turned his life around a good bit over the last couple of years, which okay. is great. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things where once again, it falls in the category of Ja Rule used to be huge. Like everyone knew who Ja Rule was. He was on, you know, like he was a guest vocal on every other hip hop song and pop song that was out at one time. And he became a Christian and hardly anyone really knows about it. Right. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> but see, it's one of the things that goes along with that, though. He then may have to be more choosy about who he collaborates with oh yeah you know i mean because he can't be heard on um you know his testimony might be damaged if he's on songs that are talking about lots of inappropriate things right you know agreed so uh, you know speaking of inappropriate things i want to i want to say this i uh i I did the update to my iphone and uh, got the new apple music Um, I did not pay for the subscription. I'm not doing the free trial, anything along those lines, because I already have iCloud match or iTunes match or whatever it's called, you know, dealing with all of my own music that I can stream and and stuff. I've already got that. So I'm not not paying Apple to allow me to stream their library. That doesn't matter to me that much. But uh, one thing that I did decide to listen to was uh, Beats One Radio. Mm-hmm. the new uh worldwide radio station because internet radio was invented just like last week by apple uh, right of course yes absolutely know. uh 
so no one's no one's been doing internet radio for oh the last say 10 years or anything nah, uh, never you know the online stations were non-existent before beats That's one right. radio uh yeah. but anyhow so i've been listening to beats one radio and it just it reminds me constantly why i don't listen to mainstream radio anymore <laughs> Right. I mean, I'm listening to this song, and thankfully I didn't have my kids in the car. I don't listen to it with the kids in the car, because while they yeah. may edit out some of the swear words, you know, the, the main ones, yeah. I, I don't even know what song it was I was listening to, but this guy is is singing, and his, his lyric was, I'm going to edit it just a little bit. Okay. I want to ride her butt like a rocket ship. <laughs> That's creativity right there. <laughs> and I'm just... Yeah, that's not appropriate at all for any age. Uh, <laughs> why would you... Why Why would you make lyrics like that? Why would you sing lyrics know. like that? I don't know. I mean, does that every... sound... If you're a female listening to this podcast, does that sound like something that you want to have happen to you? Yeah, I see. That's what I don't get. It is is like the... Like, I don't understand the, the female personalities who, who listen to that and are like, yeah, not only could I get down with that, man, he's hot for singing about that. You know, I just, I don't, I mean, I think that's one of those things where ultimately you have to be already somewhat famous to be able to get away with crap like that. Because of, like, it's just like every, every, every rom-com and every like really, really sappy love song. If that ever happened in real life, you would be a stalker. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and if and if and if a random guy on the street walked up to somebody and said, I want to ride your butt like a rocket ship, oh yeah, what a creep pervo that person would be. <laughs> well, I mean you think about it. Okay, Garth Brooks had that song uh to make you feel my love. Okay. Right. The, yeah. the some of the lyrics are I'd go hungry, I'd uh-huh. go black and blue, right, I'd go crawling down the avenue. Mm-hmm. And women swoon when they hear him sing these lyrics. But if somebody were to actually do that, right. you would call the cops. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the line, the line between romance and stalker and being a stalker is just whether or not you're into it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, because it's like, if you're not into the person doing all this stuff, it's really, really creepy. If you are, then you're like, Aw, that's oh, that's kind of sweet. Man. But any other situation, like, Ugh. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yes. let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsor. We are, of course, continue. We continue to be thrilled with our sponsor, Tweaked Audio, at tweakedaudio.com. They make headphones, and they make really, really cool headphones. Uh, mm-hmm. And what's nice is they are headphones that work well and don't cost you an arm and a leg. So, right. uh They've not got, even just one or the other. Not right. Like it, it's it's barely even a a, a pinky that right. it will cost you. <laughs> you know, compared to maybe a parts. discarded fingernail. Ooh, I like that. You know, clip off your fingernail and there you go. That's that's yeah. that's what it'll cost you. Yeah. Uh, seven different styles. I hope they don't listen to this commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Seven different styles, seven different colors. Uh, they've got loads of uh, opportunity there. You can get the uh, the in-ear buds that actually block the sound. You can get just the uh, the old style uh, headphones that um, 
just kind of rest in your ears and they have one pair i think they're 80 bucks a pair of over the ear cans that uh one of these days when i've got the money i want to buy them just hear what they sound like uh but uh the reviews on them are all really good but here's the awesome part about them partnering with us if you go to tweakedaudio.com and you buy a pair of headphones and in the checkout process you use the code hard place that's one word hard place uh, they will give you a 33% discount off mm-hmm. of your headphone purchase. So that takes like $20 headphones down to like 16 or 17 bucks or something like that. And that takes those $90 headphones down to 60 That's awesome. That is straight dope. Absolutely. So uh, go there, use the code HARDPLACE when you purchase your headphones. And, then, uh, and, and that not only do you get the discount, but they send us a portion of that purchase so we get about uh roughly four bucks i think with every pair of headphones that are purchased from uh from tweaked audio on the the lower end the the less expensive headphones i bet you we'd get more if somebody were to buy the uh the the 90 headphones the tweaked eddie headphones yeah they look really cool and they uh, do i would really love to hear what they sound like so we'll uh and they apparently come with an inline mic and they also come detachable so like the the cord comes completely detached from the headphones themselves which is kind of replace the cord right which is what i know um i was reading an article the other day about uh like beats headphones and that's like the new thing is it's got just a standard eighth inch jack into the headphone and an eighth inch jack on the other end so it's very easy to replace the cord if anything happens to it which i can't tell you how many pairs of headphones over the ear cans i've had to throw away because the cord becomes damaged and it's just yeah it's like forget it forget about it yeah forget about it but that's tweakedaudio.com use the code hard place uh we i think kirk recently bought another pair of headphones from them so thank you kirk we appreciate that uh just a way for you to help out this podcast and uh and and we love it so uh thanks to those of you that have bought in the past and I encourage you guys, if you're looking for a pair of headphones or, you know, it's 4th of July, buy someone a gift of headphones to listen to this show. All right. So we've got more stuff to cover. Um, You know, Kirk in the chat room, he sent us a clip of the new P.O.D. single. Um, What? uh, Well, let's go ahead and play it and then we can talk about uh, we can talk about the sound. All right. Still you the damnation Four corners of the world Positive vibration In stereo beats What the foundation Can I, I, I Hey, you This goes out to you For all the things you do Hey, hey, This song goes out to you For everything all right, this song goes out to you. It's the uh, first taste we've had of the new uh, the new POD album. Um, I dig it. I mean, to me, it sounds like your classic POD, which I'm glad that they haven't done a tremendous amount of changing over the years. They kind of know where they're comfortable, and that's where they run with. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on it there, Paul? Yeah, I like it. And this week, I guess, I, I guess other stations are digging on it, too, because it debuted at number 12 on the Billboard Christian Rock chart. Nice. So that's good. And I know it's being pushed as a mainstream single as well. So it'll be interesting to see how well it does because it seems like they are very hit and miss with the mainstream market. Like they'll have some singles that do nothing. Then they'll have other ones that are huge. 
Um, so we'll see what it does. I don't think it's their best track ever, but it's a good, I feel like it's a good taste of probably what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like you, I don't think that they've done a tremendous amount of changing, which is good. I think they do very well when they lean towards kind of that rhythmic sound that they kind of had with Southtown and, and satellite. And then most recently with their, their, their past two records, I would say, I mean, they've always had it to a point, but I think they do best when they stick to kind of that rap core kind of thing that they do really well. Um, I think when they try to go too straight ahead rock, it doesn't seem to flow as well for them. Right. Um, so I like this. And of course it's supposed to be a concept record, just kind of following one person's journey um, through, through struggles, I think. So it's about kind of one central character. So it'll be interesting to see how that song fits into the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I dig on it. Um, of course, a lot of the stuff that's going around about them right now is, is that interview that they did with Rapzilla where they were talking about, well, we aren't really a Christian band. And of course, were, I, I assume that there were a bunch of people who just stopped the interview right there and are like, yep, going out, burning my CDs, you know, <laughs> I just, you know, and I ain't talking about it on my computer. I'm talking about a bonfire in my backyard. Woo! So I, right. I, I don't know. Uh, people, uh, to me, I don't understand how you could watch the entire interview that they did and still be upset about it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it personally because they're, the point that they're trying to make is, look, it feels like a lot of people are really trying to do a lot of check boxes with what's in their songs. That's fine if that's what you feel led to. If it's not, just know that your art's going to suffer for it. Right. And ultimately, we would like to be able to play to more than youth groups. Yeah. And to me, I'm sorry. They didn't say we want to be able to make a bunch more money than a band that plays to youth groups. They said we want to play to more than youth groups. And to me, that's admirable. Mm-hmm. Why would you not? Why would you want to limit yourself to just a very small niche group of people? Because I'm sorry, it seems like there should be a lot of people who are fans of, of Christian music that's made for the younger generation or hip people or people who like aggressive music or whatever, something that's not just CCM. Right. But there really isn't because most people aren't willing to go through the work to figure out what they like. And that's irritating to me. And it always has been, but I I don't understand the whole like getting down on POD because they're saying, look, our faith informs our art, but we're not making art specifically to try to bash people over the heads with what we believe. And we, we really get irritated when people get, mad at us for coming to a concert and then we don't do an altar call it's like we're at a bar <laughs> what do you ex- we're playing at a bar or we're playing at like mayhem festival or something what do you think is going to happen if we do an altar call people are just going to look at us weird if people care and they're interested they're going to look a little bit further and come and talk to us or send yeah. us an email or maybe just start looking for other stuff that's like it we don't feel like it's our job to preach to people and that to me, that's OK. And it takes all types. And they were very open about that, too. They're like, you know, we're, we're happy that there are people who want to do that. That's great. That's not what we feel called to do. So back off. <laughs> yeah, no. I, and that's I, I agree with you that people need to people need to just let P.O.D. be who P.O.D. wants to be. You know, mm-hmm. they're not doing anything wrong. And that's right. the part that I don't think people seem to understand. It's like, look, as a as a believer, you know, when you go and do your job, okay, when we've gone over this so many times in the past, yeah. it's like <laughs> when you go through the phone book, do you look for the plumber that says Christian plumber? Do you look for the little fish? You right. know, there's some people who do. <laughs> if, if, if that's the case, then when the plumber comes to your house, do you expect him to do an altar call with you before he leaves? <laughs> 
or bless the drain that he is unclogged. Right, <laughs> right. Dominos nobiscum et tuateum. Yeah. Sprinkle et water in the drain. Him. Hey, it goes down. We win. You know, it's it's those kinds of attitudes that I think permeate the church so much that that creates a lot of issues you know we've got the whole gay marriage resolution that that uh uh, the the supreme court decided to to pass and whatever your stance on that issue is is fine you're more than welcome to hold that stance the big thing that i am frustrated with the church about or a portion of the church is that um the the words that are being used to those that are angry about it passing the words that are being used are not words of love no <laughs> no they're not and so you that are out there using words that are not love are perpetuating the stereotype that we christians hate those right. who are not like us And that is not the way to be, folks. That is not the way to be at all. I understand the desire for um, maintaining what we would consider a holy nation. You know, I get that. I get that you're disappointed that the Supreme Court has passed this. But the, the biggest thing is you cannot impose your morals onto someone else. They don't believe the same as you. Right. So standing on the mountaintop and screaming them down because you're angry at this is not adding to the conversation. You're not going to affect change. You're going to be painted in the same with the same brush as folks like Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. Okay. That's who you are sounding like and that's who you are looking like. And that is not the image of Christ at all. So whatever, whatever your, your feeling is on this, you got to change your mentality to be able to speak about it in a way that is loving. And it's fine to be upset. It's fine to be angry about it. It's fine to not like the Supreme Court decision. It's okay to disagree with people. But when you present your side of the story, you have got to figure out a way to do it to where you are not coming off as pious and arrogant and as the only person who has the right answer whether you have the right answer or not you can't come across that way you're not gonna win any souls doing it that way you're just not so Uh, yes when an artist decides that they want to be in the world and produce their music to reach souls in the world your best option is to stand by them and treat them as though they are missionaries because that's what they're attempting to be is a missionary the hate all of that garbage man it's it's gotta stop it is not healthy for anyone to be that angry about stuff it's music right it's music (laughs) it's a song right and it's art you know and it's the same thing we've also gone over this before it's like every painting doesn't have to be of jesus right you know but every song apparently has to be and and people don't get that it's like it's yeah music can be a sermon but it doesn't have to be in the same way that you know it's great that another person is doing yet another you know painting another image what they think in their mind christ looks like to Mm -hmm. them but no one would ever say that that's all you could ever paint you know get over it no i i have a friend who uh he used to go to our church 
His name is uh, Frank Ordaz, and he is a pretty well-known artist in a lot of circles. He actually had the uh, the honor and privilege of helping paint some of the backdrops that ended up in the movies uh, The Return of the Jedi and The Empire Strikes Back. Nice. So that's how talented this guy is. And he posts pictures on his Facebook all the time, and some of them are portraits of people. You know, He showed one the other day that he painted for somebody that was a, a Native American uh, in the full like uh, the full headdress with feathers and all of that kind of stuff. I look at that and I go, my goodness, that man is talented. And he has done many works that depict different aspects of Christianity. He has a book that uh, actually my dad got to play. Um, he got to go over there and get his uh, his face. Uh, it's going to sound weird to say his face painted, but yeah. he basically got to stand there while Frank painted his face and there is a book talking about the uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection. And my dad is actually in that book. He's a disciple and he's also a Roman guard. Um, It's really cool to have a copy of that book and to look at it and go, man, I look at that and, and I can actually see my dad like I recognize that that is my dad's face. Right. Um, so he does plenty of work for uh, for the faith, but that's not all he's limited to. He is free to express himself in lots of different ways. Yeah. And yeah. Right there with you, man. And I, I don't know. I just, it's one of those things where I can totally get how I, I probably felt that way about stuff at one point or another. Be like, Agreed. wow, that song doesn't really sound like it's about God. Agreed. You know, and, and it's still very easy to slip into that mentality. But, you know, it, to me, it's like if you're angry about them being out in the world, with people who are not Christians and showing them how a Christian lifestyle is different and, you know, being Jesus to other people and you're mad at them. It feels like you're mad at them for doing your job. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, it's like, well, they're willing to do it. You're not it, it, like, why are you trying to keep them from doing something that you should probably be doing? And I should probably be doing that. We're not, <laughs> you know, it's like, if they're going to do it, why should you be telling them to stop doing it? Because they're really doing your job, right? You know, it, it's yeah. No, I I'm right there with you, man. I I hear you. I hear exactly what you're saying, and I am I am 100 percent in agreement with you. So right. Um, yeah, I think we've beaten that horse. Good let's stuff. let's move on. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about mashups because you and I both like mashups, and this sounds like a very interesting mashup by uh, uh, Chris August. So apparently he released a mashup of pop hits from the past and the present. And on his YouTube account, uh, he released a self-produced mix of InSync's Bye 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 and Taylor Swift's Bad Blood. It says the audio-only mm-hmm. video features August singing the boy band verses over simple pulsating keys before breaking into the big-sounding T-Swift chorus. Yeah. The mashup shows more electronic pop sound than August fans are used to. But the track is getting plenty of positive response in YouTube comments and thumbs up ratings. And everybody knows that thumbs up ratings on YouTube are where it's at. That's right. <laughs> August is no stranger to mainstream pop, having originally starting starting uh, having originally started his career, signed to Geffen Records, and managed by Jessica Simpson's father manager Joe Simpson. He produced records for Brian McKnight Simpson. Uh, and played keyboard and was the opening act for Simpson's sister, Ashley. Was that before or after she decided to lip sync on Saturday Night Live? Uh, probably towards the beginning of that, yeah, mm, I'm sure. Okay, yeah. all right. Which apparently that's not uncommon at all. No, no, she just <laughs> happened to mess up and got, well, it's like the Super Bowl. 
Nobody yeah. actually sings at the Super Bowl. And I remember when the Red Hot Chili Peppers did their set and Flea actually had the the chord plugged into his guitar, but not plugged into anything else. It was this little short stubby chord and everybody was angry. Yeah. The, you know, the Chili Peppers phoned it in. What? And I'm thinking, um, nobody actually sings at the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's because it's an audio mixing nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's all pre-done. It's all pre-done. <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, it just it didn't make any sense to me. But anyhow, no. back to this. You, uh, you have a clip of this, Paul. I do. I'm actually pretty impressed. I, I've never been a Chris August fan, but, you know, if he, if he decides to go in anything near this direction, I could, I could get down with it. But anyway, here you go. Bye, bye, bye versus Bad Blood. Chris August, good stuff. I'm doing this tonight. You're probably going to start a fight. pretty tight i like yeah, it i like it too i think it sounds pretty good so nicely done yeah nicely done yeah well paulie i'm gonna let you take this next one because this is right up your uh your vinyl alley <laughs> right up my vinyl <laughs> right up my vinyl what alley oh okay <laughs> i thought you said all right up my vinyl no i said right up your vinyl alley i could have said oh, it, it oh. i could have said it fits in with your vinyl fetish but yeah. uh, you know that Which that's a whole other weird. That, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. So Switchfoot has announced that uh, uh, via srcvinyl.com, they're doing a pre-order for a vinyl re-release of their album "O oh Gravity." Now they're going to be doing uh, 500 of a 180 gram clear vinyl with white smoke and 1,000 of a 180 gram transparent red. So both those pretty cool. Yeah. And. Uh, so that's pretty nifty. Now, this is going to be its vinyl debut, um, of course, available for uh, pre-order via shopradiocast.com. The vinyl release is scheduled for August 4th, uh, which is a Tuesday, not the new scheduled Friday release of the future, which is pretty much now for all practical purposes anyway. But they're going to release it on a Tuesday. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Now, uh, speaking of vinyl, apparently mm. Anne Berlin is doing a vinyl pressing of uh, of one of their albums as well. Kirk yeah. mentioned it earlier today, and I guess he's already ordered it. So uh, lots yeah. and lots of vinyl happening, uh, much to Paul's dismay, because he just doesn't have the money to throw down on all these cool new records that are happening. It's really sad. One of these days, I'm, I'm going to just I'm going to have like a windfall or I'm just going to convince every artist that they whenever they release a vinyl, I just need to get the test you pressing <laughs> or at least one of them, um, you know, and, and I just want to wallpaper a studio with just nothing but framed vinyl. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, no, that would be uh, that'd be very cool. You, you could uh, you could glue them all together so that they're, you know, stuck side by side and that that not 
that not acceptable? That sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but if they were framed, I mean, I could frame them to where they sat side by side. Yes. Yes. No, I, I was being facetious, but that's yeah. okay. Uh, yes. So a band let's, let's that we... Put glue on the <laughs> a band, Well, you put glue on the record to actually uh, clean the record from what I've heard. You put it on the spindle and you take some, yeah. uh, some wood glue and, and, you know, paint it into the grooves, let it dry and then peel it off. It's supposed to clean out, uh, clean records out very, very well. So I hear, but that, that idea just scares the mess out of me. I don't know if I could ever bring myself to do it. Just don't get any on the label. That would be bad. Right. Yes. That would bad. definitely be bad. Well, a band that we never talk about because we don't typically play their music, but uh, I think still a kind of a momentous occasion. Uh, Sanctus Reels' Matt Hammett is announcing that he is leaving the band. Uh, they're going to be launching Farewell to a Friend and release a Greatest Hits project this fall. Uh, the article says, after a 20-year history together, Grammy nominations, Dove Awards, seven albums, and six number one singles, Matt Hammett, the lead singer of Sanctus Real, has announced he will be leaving the band this December. Both Matt and his fellow band members have taken time to draft personal statements so that their fans can hear from them firsthand uh, and in their own words. The band announced their farewell to a friend tour this fall, which will be Hammett's final tour with the band, Sparrow Records will release a greatest hits project from Sanctus Real this October, featuring the band's top hits over their 20-year career and a new single, which will release in the fall as well. Matt Hammett, you can read his full statement below, but basically he says, Last November, I started to feel a spiritual restlessness, sensing that God was leading me in a new season of life. After many conversations with God, family, and friends, I came to realize a new calling, one that would require me to make the difficult decision to leave, Sanctus Real. He basically goes on to say that uh, he has felt more and more like he needs to be at home. And apparently the song, one of his songs kind of was helping spur him in that direction. And the song is Lead Me. And so he wants to be able to be at home, to be able to lead his family. He's got other ministries that he really wants to get involved with. Uh, so honestly, Matt, we wish you the best. Uh, you know, go go be with your family. Go Go spend some time with your wife and kids. <laughs> Is it sad that uh, my reaction to this is almost really, uh, oh, wow, he's leaving. Maybe they can actually make rock music now. Oh, snap. <laughs> <sighs> that falls right in the category of, oh, that's a nice shirt. Do they, uh, do they carry that in men's sizes? Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about some Family Force 5? We've what, got what? Uh, Family Force 5 has announced yeah, the release so, uh, date. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, Take over. No, you're fine. Take over. No, there was a delay, so I didn't know I was talking over the top of this. Oh, book. gotcha. Okay. No, okay. Family Force 5 has announced the release date of a brand new remix album coming November 6th. Time Stand Still will feature remixes by Matoma. This is my year Matoma remix. Tim Yago, Time Stand Still, the Tim Yago remix, and Smile Future, Let It Be Love, the Smile Future remix. And Paul, you uh, have a clippy clip? I do have a clippy clip, but I am going to tell you one thing, though. It's not, it's not the Time Stand Still remix album. It's Time Still Stands. They went for a little switcheroo there to make it all nice and clever. They, they screwed me up because I said Time Stand Still, but Time Still Stands. Yeah, that's, that's actually what it says here. I'm, Look at that. Yes. Uh, well, the album cover is exactly the same, too, except <laughs> time still stands. I'm very confused yeah. now. Just play the clip. All right, here we go. Chorus, I'm on my way. Now I can say I got no fear, fear, this is 
it's it's there. Yeah, I'm still thinking that uh, I hope their next album is a little better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, before we finish up with our new stuff, Paulie, do you have a uh, song blender? I think I just might. The Rock in a Hard Place podcast presents The Song Blender. Okay, it is that time. Time for The Song Blender. Time when we take a, a songy song, we take a little chunk out of it, we flip it backwards, we change the pitch on it, and then we see if Chris can figure out what it is. And I'm pretty sure that this one is going to be one of the easiest ones we've ever done. I just have a feeling. I was kind of pressed for time this morning. You know, we had to get the baby fed. And right. Changed and back to sleep and all that good stuff so I, I i wouldn't say that this is the crowning achievement of my song blender uh career but uh, we're gonna see how it goes so chris are are you ready sometimes the simpler ones are the most difficult so <laughs> we'll see yes i'm ready Could go ahead be. all right here we go Crazy. okay forget you heard that part i forgot to go in the number that they are ordered so uh. anyway here we go so there you go forget you heard that other stuff wow uh i the the crazy part at the beginning that that meant nothing to me actually oh thank god (laughs) um yeah play it again please all right here we go not demon hunter is it oh hell no (laughs) wow all righty then excuse me heck no no heck no yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry a little tired uh boy i have no idea Shall we take the pitch bend off and make it insanely easy? Well, you can take the pitch bend off. I can't promise you it's going to be insanely easy, but uh, you you can try. But if I build it up that way, then if you don't get it, then it makes me feel better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Probably makes you feel worse, but that's... that's <laughs> yes, it does. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> It sounds really creepy backwards, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So it's a female lead singer. Yes. Which limits my options. It didn't sound like... Is it Fireflight? No. This is somebody that we have mentioned in today's show, though. Huh. I, I honestly, I don't know. I really don't know. You want to hear it one more time before we play it? No, because I don't think it's going to help me. You don't think it's going to help? Yeah, I don't think it's going to help. Just go ahead and let's, this will be, this is, this is a a rare occasion, folks. Paul has stumped me. I know. And I was, the whole time I'm doing this, I'm like, this isn't going to work. This is so easy. Yeah. It's just my brain. You may not have listened to this song enough for it to really sink in for this. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. All right. So here we go. This is normal speed. Normal direction. This is just a clip. So here we go. It is super chick. Really? Yes, it is. 
Oh, man. What's the name of the song? Uh, crazy? Uh, no. They, uh, they said the name of the song in the clip. Oh, well, I don't know. It's, it talks about their uh, tour bus and hey, hey, and... Hey, hey, there you go. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that has the very Marilyn Manson-esque riff in it, which thoroughly cracked me up when I first heard this song. I'm like... They ripped off the beautiful people. Super gotcha. chick ripped off the beautiful people. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, let's see. We've got a couple of news things to finish up with. Uh, first off, Bill Joel's new band, Zealand, uh, released a uh, debut digital EP. Uh, and it looks like they are going to be playing lots and lots of shows. Uh, July 25th, they rock the Redwoods in Garberville, California, which is nice. Uh, mm. They're going to be playing in uh, Byron, California, which I have no idea where that is. And they're also going to be playing in San Jose, California. And then mm. because it's Phil Joel and his band, I'm guessing that they're going to be playing at Rock of Ages this year. So yeah. uh, most likely, but that's not till October. Right. Uh so, yeah, very cool. Uh, Joel writes, for the last several years, we've been leading worship and ministering under the radar wherever uh, and to whomever we felt led. So, finally get some music of ours. Oh, boy. So, to finally get some of our music recorded and out there feels really, really great. These songs are written to inspire and stir the hearts of a generation. We want to see people come alive and get passionate and zealous about the Lord and the life he has for each of us. All that to say, we hope this music can be a part of your journey as it has been a part of ours. So, did you have a clip, Paul? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I didn't think no. so. I don't remember no, I don't. seeing Zealand in there, so we'll have to see uh, what else is going on. Uh, let's see. Breakout Press. We shared that Indivision Music is closing its doors. However... Uh, Breakout Press, I believe one of their managing editors is going to be uh, taking over uh, and and doing Breakout Press, which is a new site that's going to be dedicated to all the news and everything. And and as of today, this is where Indivision Music today is the day that Indivision Music goes away. Yeah, which is sad. I guess I should probably do this, huh? So, yeah, we are sad to see Indivision go. We understand why Brandon is uh, is shuttering it. Um, He has been going through just a myriad of things with his wife lately. And so I think the timing is good for him in that regard. Um, just and just needs. to clarify, her health. Her health. not having yes. marital troubles. No, no, no. That's, oh my goodness. Thank you, Paul. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> She's been having uh, lots of uh, seizures and she had uh, uh, some brain issues going on. And I know she had a massive seizure the other day and had to go back into the hospital for a little bit. Thankfully, it was, it was they consider it routine with her health status. There's nothing routine about watching your wife have massive seizures and, and having no. to deal with that. Um so to uh, to Brandon and his wife and family, we wish you guys all the best. We will be very sad. Indivision is pretty much our go-to place where, when it comes to music. But hopefully, Breakout Press uh, will be able to pick up a lot of that uh, a lot of that slack. So, yeah, 
I'm hoping so because I'm going to miss that. Yes. And, you know, it, and he's even trying to sell, I think, the domain name indivisionmusic.com because it has so much going for it already, which if somebody buys it, I hope they do it justice. But, totally. You know, who knows? He, in the letter that I saw, he said he was considering whether or not to sell it, but he hadn't decided yet if, uh, if he would actually take that on. So there's still some question as to whether or not it will be sold. Um, you know, so it's kind of a wait and see kind of a wait and see mentality with that. So we'll we'll keep our ears open and keep our eyes open and see what happens. But it's yeah, just... I saw him do an update. Oh, OK. Yeah, I saw him do an update the other day where he was basically saying that that it was for sale. So maybe he's just kind of fielding offers and it, it may depend on who it is and how much it is combined to whether or not he sells it. But I, I can totally understand that. I mean, if I ever decided to stop doing the Christian Rock 20, that would be that would be hell to try to figure out what i wanted to do with it you right. know it's like do you give it to somebody do you sell it to somebody do you just hang it up entirely what do you do so yeah <sighs> all righty well uh let's end on a positive note paul i think you have some noise trade picks to share with our listeners yeah i do i do the first one is actually an actual noise trade pick because it comes from noise trade.com. And uh, most of you probably at least have heard of Audrey Assad, who's kind of a, you know, a main, well, not a mainstream, a, a Christian mainstream, if you will. I mean, you know, she's, she does a lot of stuff that has been kind of CCM through the years. And I'm not very familiar with her style other than it's, you know, kind of laid back and not, not very edgy uh, typically, but she's got a new pop project that she's doing with another musician called, uh, the project's called Lou L or excuse me, Lev. I was reading it as Lou, but it's Lev. It's L E V V. And, uh, it's, it's the, what they released onto noise trade is what they're calling a super single. So it has this main song arrow, which is also the name of the EP and then two remixes of arrow and then another track that is different. Uh, but I'm gonna let you hear a little bit of the original version of arrow. And it's, it's definitely a departure from what she's done before. I can tell you that much, even though I don't know that much about what she's done before, but it's very different in general, but for her, definitely different. So here you go. Lev with Arrow. I never saw him coming go arrow by lev i've heard some people say that it's a little bit like her very very early stuff but then also some comparisons have been made to kai kai as well so kind of a dreamy pop sound but i like it cool yeah it sounds good to me yeah so the other one is not actually from new uh or from noise trade.com it's it's uh from Bandcamp, but he's got a slew of free music i think there's i think he's got a total of like eight six or eight albums up and only one of them thus far that I've downloaded was one that you had to pay for. But it's really good. It's hip hop. He goes by the name Sky Blue. That's S-K-Y-B-L-E-W. All one word. And uh, I would not have ever heard of this fellow except for Rapzilla did like a feature piece on him. And it's amazing to me that this dude has gone unnoticed this long. But I'm hoping that this will lead to better things for him. But he does a lot of it's somewhere between old school hip hop 
and jazz for a lot of it. But this is a track off of his album on that midnight train. And I think it's pretty good. It's called just in time. And it features another vocalist who does kind of the singing vocals called Rev B. But see what you think about it. Here's sky blue. Yes. I lost track of where the days went. I take it. You don't know the way I got a road. They slow. I lay low. So I might not get there early. So I don't know. It's got a different flavor to it, but I really dig it. Yeah, it's got kind of a, a unique groove, but uh, it sounds really good. I, I kind of dig on it myself as well. So there you go. If you want to check it out, you can see his... Uh, I'm sure he's on Facebook, but all the albums themselves for download are on his Bandcamp page. I hope he puts them on, up on Noise Trade because I think he could do quite well on NoiseTrade.com. But yeah. it's Sky Blue, S-K-Y-B-L-E-W. Check it out. That's off of the uh, window seat on that Midnight Train record. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Rock and Hard Place podcast. We've held you captive long enough on this uh bright and sunny 4th of July. So we will uh, we'll turn you loose and let you go burn your houses down with loads and loads of fireworks today. But, <laughs> We're going to uh, feel really bad if Kirk contacts us later and be like, so my house is burned down. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, let's see here. Thank you to our sponsor, Tweaked Audio. Don't forget to use the code HARDPLACE. Uh, if you want more information about the Rock in a Hard Place podcast, you can check us out at rockinahardplacepodcast.com, which links you over to our Facebook page. It's the best way to get a hold of us is on Facebook. Or you can email us, rockinahardplacepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. If you want to be a part of that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash R-N-A-H-P. And um, you can choose to donate as much or as little as you want per month or one time or whatever the case may be. Uh, it all works together for good uh, in that in that way. So thank you so much. Uh, let me see. I think that that is about going to do it for us. So uh, I'm just going to say I'm Chris Cooner. And I'm Paul Gibson. And we will do our best to see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.